Of course, in Australia, the news stinger is just a kind of special spider that attacks you with the headlines. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, well, let's put the news stinger in here and leave that first comment in. <laughs> Super rich prepare to leave UK within minutes if Labour wins election. Which they can do because they can buy passports anywhere they want to fucking go in the world. Lots of high net worth individuals are worried about having to pay much higher taxes on their wealth, says Jeffrey Todd, partner at the law firm Boodle Hatfield. <laughs> Jeffrey Excuse Todd, me? no relation. Definitely sounds like a real person at a real place. Yeah, bo- bo- yeah Boodle. Boodle Hatfield. Yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> His brother is Joshua Todd, the lead singer of Buckcherry, but he went the straight and narrow route, became an accountant in Britain instead. <laughs> I, love, I love to work for law firm Labradoodle McCoy. Transfers of wealth are already arranged In many cases, all that's missing is a signature on the contract If he comes into power What? The super rich won't pay taxes in Britain anymore How will our public sector cope? Oh, no. Also, like, the fact that they've apparently got these papers already ready and all they need is a signature is kind of like an indicator. To be fair, my accountant at Stetson Weimaraner says, actually, this tax rise won't be that significant. Um, Yeah, but, you know, I mean, we have to listen to the, like... Five people that can hold our economy hostage. Mm. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I'm very Second. excited for the like the inevitable action movie of like the unsigned contract is like the the one super rich guy is like struggling to get to his accountant's office, but John McDonnell has to stop him and is like <laughs> wearing wearing a vest hooked up with loads of grenades and like hunting him down like Schwarzenegger before he gets to the contract. Uh, second, uh, second news stinger. Don't worry if you were consider- worried that there might be a Labour government because Dominic Cummings is on the case. Uh, he says that he has a poll doing the rounds at Tory HQ that he can't show you and he won't mm. tell you anything more about, but it's got a conservative majority of 40 to 70. So the Labour Party should just save its money and give up now because it's going to lose its deposit in every single seat. It does the exi- poll goes to a different school. He met the poll on holiday. <laughs> no, it, <laughs> at, it, it, it does. At it, this it, time of year in this part of the country localized entirely within your polling system. It does exist, but it's yeah. in the form of a 10,000-word blog that you can only access via his OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, <laughs> you, get, you can get Dominic Cummings' bathwater as a free gift <laughs> with the poll. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's him reading Thucydides, but with, like, one ball out. Mm. Damn. <laughs> and, that's, and that's where he found those numbers. But this is just a small taste of the kind of horse shit that we in Britain are going to be dealing with for the next six weeks. We won't be able to cover it all here at Trash Future. So when you see one of these articles, you are now permitted to play the TF home game where you imagine what we might say. Then you turn and say that to the nearest person beside you. We are not liable for what you say during the playing TF home game. <laughs> I, 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 I hate when, when I say something during the TF home game and uh, Nate has to cuss it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Trash Future, uh, the election kickoff cast. Uh, it's Riley, Hussein, Milo, Nate, and Alice, the full complement of the trash folks. Say hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hello. Ah, Alice did the old trick. Yeah, I got him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you hi, got everybody. Me. I'm dad. Yeah, yeah you, you got me. Um, this is so- the thing about being trans is you can still do dad jokes when you're a woman. <laughs> that's the one nice. that's the one thing that yeah. they keep it because it's yeah. located on the y chromosome actually it's not a gender yeah. Yeah, it's a large yeah. gamete joke you're like uh you're non-domiciled for gender yeah um so 
Uh, as uh, many of our listeners know, uh, there's been a little bit of an election called in the UK, and it is our chance to, I don't know, save countless lives by ending austerity. It's our chance to fix the Brexit debacle, and it's also our chance to relentlessly embarrass and gloat to every single columnist for mm. like at least a few months. It's, it's so also it's very it's, important we win this thing. It's also our chance to hashtag stop Brexit if you're interested in that. Like yeah, I know that's PM a secondary concern, but <laughs> um, so this episode is going to be all about trying to mentally prepare you for the next six weeks of rat fuckery that you're going to have to endure. It's motivation cast, folks. Yeah, from, mm. the, po- from the popular media and, and, and liberal politicians and all of the people who are going to try to tell you that what you want out of the society that you live in is unreasonable and you should go back mm. to just compromising with endlessly with them. Yeah, and, and, and you, you're a king. You deserve better. Uh, rise and grind and, you know, uh, get that bread. Yes. Mm. So we're all, but bread is so Corbin. our best, our best way to get this bread is to get Corbin into office, and in order to do that, we're also we're going to have to think very critically about tactical voting. Uh, mm. Tactical That's voting. That's when you um, vote with like a giant this, vest on. Yeah. There's this cool <laughs> yeah. website, and it keeps telling me to vote Lib Dem. <laughs> um, so well, <laughs> it's amazing how the tactical vote is so often a vote for the Lib Dems. Yeah, it's. A, I think if you called it tactical, you could get Mark Francois to vote for the Lib Dems. Damn, yeah, <laughs> um, an, an, an MS13 style electoral strategy. And it might, he, he like marks the cross on his ballot paper using a paintball gun. Yeah, you, you <laughs> kinetically interdict the ballot paper. <laughs> so there's a lot. There's going to be a lot of tactical voting and tea leaf reading from a lot of columnists. Again, it's usually the columnists who are going to think that every tiny little event is going to change the election fundamentally. They're saying the Brexit Party, if they run, they're going to steal votes from the Tories, maybe, but also Labour. The Lib Dems are going to steal votes from Labour, maybe, but also the Tories. What are the SNP going to do? What's Plaid Cymru going to do? Sinn Fein's not standing in certain constituencies in Northern, in Northern Ireland. All of this stuff really matters. No, it doesn't. The point is, is that outside of a few particular constituencies, tactical voting isn't really a thing. And the point of left politics is that you do get what you want. You don't need the prognosticating. You don't need the AI or big data. You just need to get your interests represented. Also, I'll just point out that the, the reason why this is so special beyond the fact that it lets us elect a Corbyn government and start the process of actually like in living in a, like building a world outside of neoliberalism is that this is the only time when the British pundit class ever comes into contact with reality. It's a rare event and it happens once every couple of years if you're lucky or unlucky, however mm. you want to look at it. But there will actually be a result that is determined as opposed to uh, the last two and a half years, which has just been nonstop. Why did Jeremy Corbyn put shit yeah. in my pants? And, and I mean, think about this. Mm. The last time that happened was the results of the leadership challenge when Stephen Kinnock was photographed just kind of staring glumly at the results. Imagine Damn. how much sweeter this could be. Well, yeah. the thing is, Jeremy Corbyn must not fall in the sea. If at any point you see Jeremy Corbyn, please prevent him from going anywhere near the sea. He must not fall in the sea. Will campaign in Hastings, don't worry. If you yeah. see like a speedboat heading his way. Yeah. <laughs> no, keep him away from Mexican supermarket entrepreneurs. So, here's the... Here is the, I'll start with the Lib Dem tactical voting debacle. Uh, their basic complaint is, Labour is a fundamentally Brexit party, boo-hoo, their policy is too hard for my little columnist brain to understand, and yet every Labour voter must immediately compromise with us in order to stop Brexit. Mm-hmm. Number one, the policy is not complicated. Don't let anybody tell you that it is complicated. 
It is to renegotiate a credible leave option, then put it to the people in a referendum. You can say it in a sentence with two clauses. Anyone saying it's complicated is being performatively stupid or is too stupid to have a column. But this is the thing. Brexit is the only thing the Lib Dems have, and they can't face... You can't come back from the idea that if you want to, hashtag stop Brexit, your best chance of doing that is to vote Labour and return a Corbyn government. You have to, like, Mm. have a sort of extremist, irredentist wing of the EU. It's wonderful. (laughs) No, they have a plastic bag tax. I guess their thought thought is that, like, they've, like, overestimated how many, like, people they can radicalise with the whole, uh, like, uh, stay in the EU, revoke everything. I guess someone someone put this, uh, and I can't remember who, but they were, like, the Brexit Party and the Lib Dems are basically, like, the opposite sides of the same coin in the sense that they offer, like, the most extreme elements of, you Mm. know, either, like, but it, but it, it it ignores like reality in like all situations. Mm. And, so it kind of goes both, back to this. Yeah, both getting very excited in one way or another about an institution as dismal as the EU. Yeah. Except I think with yeah. the Bre- the Brexit Party are like inherently like nihilistic, which I can kind of respect. But like the, 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 li- the Lib Joker. Yeah, the, the, the Lib Dems, on the other hand, like the, Swin- the Swinson's thing is still very much like, oh, we've got both like ex-Labour and ex-Tory people, um, and we're all united by this like one thing, which is like stop Brexit. And like their big thing at the moment isn't even about campaigning. It's like get Joe Swinson on TV. Jesus Christ. Um, and well, where Joe debate, Swinson like, will definitely sound extremely normal because right. she's very good at talking and should do more right. of it. This, this, this whole strategy won't backfire at all. Yeah, li- Lib Dem cult of personality things have always worked out, and that's why I agree with Nick turned into Nick Clegg uh, forming a government and doing very well, mm. and everyone remembers him fondly. Also, this is what I will say about the whole Lib Dem Brexit position, because I was like, I was talking to some like, like people at a party the other night who were kind of like leftish, but aren't very engaged in politics. And I was like having to explain to them why like the Lib Dem, like the whole rhetoric was completely insane. And the thing, what it boils down to is that the position of just like revoke Article 50 is a position you can only have if you know that you're not going to win an election. Because if you win an election, like a majority, let's say the Lib Dems miraculously get 326 seats and then they're just like, okay, we're not doing Brexit anymore like what do they think is gonna happen do they think that like all the other like everyone else in parliament is just gonna be like all the fucking brexit mps all the people who voted brexit do they think that's gonna wash yeah. like well they think that's just gonna work? you know yeah the, 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 you know they got us in the end and that's fine it this was a fair this isn't like yeah. for her to well, I just want to say the same same as I think is because the, the the really really stupid like uh continuity remain line that you constantly get is that Jeremy Corbyn whipped in favor of Article 50, if invoking of uh, the vote on Article 50, and when you know after the Supreme Court determined that the Brexit result, the referendum had to have a vote in the House of Commons, he whipped in favor of invoking Article 50 to start the timeline for Brexit. But the whole point here is that yes, you could nominally exist in a world in which Jeremy Corbyn decides we're not going to do that because he's just Mister, because he, he's the the weird remain. He's standing EU Supergirl. He's EU Supergirl. He's standing for this fantasy version of Keir Starmer that you you think would be a better Labour leader. Um, and then they would have. Been destroyed in a fucking election like and then you wouldn't have labor mps who could vote against this stuff the, the fact that he basically played the game of saying we're not going to stymie the Tories brexit we just have to make sure that whatever deal gets no- negotiated is one we agree with that that at least gives plausible deniability in the sense that like maybe you don't like it because it's too damn political but these people always they, they want to have like why can't jeremy corbyn do the thing that i want so then the labor party can be wiped out 
and mm-hmm. then you haven't thought past step three. This is because these are all people who, just like um, the boomer Brexit party people all fantasize about World War II, they fantasize about heroically and honorably losing to the Republicans in a fictitious ninth season of The West Wing. That's what they want. <laughs> However, I also want to add that it's in, that the Lib Dems have been doing a lot of funny polling that indicates that mm. if you really want to stop Brexit... That's because, what Maypole dancing used to be called. <laughs> because Labour is a Brexit party and, oh, look at the Europe, results of the European elections etc etc they also are releasing polls like for example in somerset um that already Jacob piss off the brexiteers Jacob Rees-Mogg's, uh, constituency predicting that the lib dems would be on th- on like 38 percent behind the tories at 42 with labor trailing on eight but where the question asked was imagine that the results in your constituency was expected to be very close between the conservative and lib dem candidates and none of the other parties were competitive in this scenario which party would you vote for <laughs> So this is basically if I were hotter, would you go out with me? In yeah. their fantasy, they don't even win. That's just so good. In That's a poll, so good. In a poll that they rig comprehensively, they still can't win. Like, imagine if Vladimir Putin failed to rig the election. Like imagine if he rigged the election, but he just like imagine if like Litvinenko had survived the the fucking polonium. Like that kind of like, well, we tried, you know, uh, yeah. we're doing our best. Like if, like if you really concerned about increasing freedom in the country like all you have to do is send out like lib dem candidates to go run in in rigged elections throughout the entire world mr Mm. putin i realize this is not a result you wanted but all my losses is lessons um And this is not so. This is not an isolated like situation. situation. This is not an isolated situation. The there is Lib Dem funny polling going on up and down the country, where Damn. they'll basically ask the, a certain kind of massaged question. Like, for example, you know, imagine if if Jeremy Corbyn was trebucheted into the sun and the <laughs> Labour Party quit en masse, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Like, what would you do? Imagine it's a Tuesday and you're feeling really good about yourself. You just watch Songs of Praise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> imagine if all the Labour policies were the Lib Dem policies. Who would you? vote for yeah um and they're doing this just i think to try and hold on to some relevance so but they're not just doing it themselves they're also doing it through lots of allegedly politically neutral um polling front corp um organizations like uh, best for britain whose tactical voting tool getvoting.com barone polling (laughs) (laughs) of course they have a fucking app yeah yeah uh so um it suggested that voters should back the Lib Dems in Kensington, which is a Labour-held marginal by 20 votes. Yeah. Oof. Against not the Lib Dems. No. Um, and the Lib Funnily Dems enough. received, like, I don't know, uh, they received, like, a, a quarter the votes yeah, like of either other party. or something? Yeah. Uh, and this is, uh, this kind of analysis, which takes into account, say, the European elections, which, like, 10 people voted in. Um, mm. And takes into account local elections and then takes into account other polling that is commissioned by the Lib Dems. Uh, moon to- phases, augury. Yeah. 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 Has, te- has, has, has said. <laughs> well, Joe Swinson is a Libra, so what am I predicting for this election? I mean, so- I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a voting tool which was based on like, you know, uh, like uh, the Mercury's in retrograde. So this is how you should vote. It's, it's based on the Kelly Okereke uh, uh, election <laughs> predictions. That one was just for Alice. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, so, uh, Naomi Smith, the uh, the chairperson of Best for Britain, uh, said admitted that while the tool did choose the Lib Dems in 180 seats, it still chose <laughs> Labour in like about 300. 
Okay, so Don Cummings is like, okay, we're going to win 70 seats. The Lib Dems, on the one hand, are more optimistic by going all the way up to 180, but are still like, oh, we can't necessarily win that, but we will just tell you to tactically vote there. I can't wait till like mm. two weeks before the election and the new tactical Lib Dem voting app. Every time you click on your constituency and postcode, it just brings up the Jeb map, which is the entire <laughs> country's Lib Dem. It's just Joe with an exclamation mark. <laughs> they predict Idaho to go Lib Dem. Well, I mean, the, the only way I could I could really see that happening is if Lib Dems just do what Stalin did and then force a bunch of like middle class or middle class urban people from Richmond to like go live in Bolton for a while so there mm. always is a Lib Dem minority <laughs> Lib everywhere Dem year zero <laughs> <laughs> following following the election tour bus around it's like the same people but in different coats voting in every constituency <laughs> but here's the thing they say that they're doing this because they have a magic advanced polling stats formula that they can't tell you about and Dominic uh. Cummings is the guy who yeah. <laughs> gave him the data. It's basically the same thing. I wouldn't be surprised if he was somehow pulling the strings behind yeah. it's, it's, it's just one of those little folded paper things that you like unfold a bunch of times and it tells you like who you oh, have a yeah. crush on, but it's that for winning a majority. And Mr. Cominic Dummings gave <laughs> us this secret polling technique. He's a, he's a committed Lib Dem supporter and he says it's going to make our election campaign. Yeah. Uh, if, if he walked in with a fake mustache and then said, hello, I'm Cominic Dummings and I hate Britain, so I want to help the Lib Dems. They'd be like, great, perfect, well, I mean, you're on board. It, it's always hard to identify Dominic Cummings because he's just buried within layers of quilted jackets. <laughs> so the, what they've said is, to achieve accurate up-to-the-minute recommendations, we have used a technique popular among pollsters called multi-level regression and post-stratification. This method was deployed to accurately predict the election of Donald Trump, the 2017 hung parliament, and surprise wins for Labour in Kensington and Canterbury that year. However... Did it predict all of them this week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is like... Okay, number one, anyone with a modicum of statistical knowledge will tell you that what what they have said here, what Smith has said, is essentially the like polling equivalent of magic beans. She said that she has some magic formula that has been uniquely better at predicting things than just a basic regression <gasps> but any statistical model is only as good as the assumptions in it and if your assumptions are that are for example like the european election turnout is going to be somehow similar to 2019 turnout then you can throw the model out no matter how advanced your calculations are she's bill mitchell <laughs> yeah she is she is Oh, no, she's Nate Silver. She's the reverse of Bill Mitchell. No, because well, Nate Silver it, didn't it, predict Trump, but Bill because, Mitchell did. Yeah, because... Oh, yeah, that's true. That's well, let's true. also remember, uh, here's the thing with Nate Silver that I didn't realize until re relatively recently. You know, Nate Silver's claim to fame was that uh, he ran his blog and they, they successfully called all of the states for Obama and that he wound up winning in 08. What I didn't realize is that apparently <laughs> the Obama campaign knew about his blog and liked him as somebody that was, you know, sort of promulgating information and they shared their private polling with him. So <laughs> on one hand, there's the, the, the math man has solved math things and goes around in his math wizard hat. But mm. on the other hand, it's like, yes, if you have extremely good data that other people don't have access to, chances are good that if that data is, is very, you know, is, is what's the right word here is, is trustworthy. It's useful. Yeah, it's, robust. It, it's robust. It's accurate that you can, you can then make a prediction that other people might not be able to make because they don't have access to that data. But in this case, if your data is based on the European elections or it's based on how things are polling right now, you really have no idea and you're not going to know until much later as we get further into the campaign. Mm. So the idea that people should make up their minds now, you should get your postal ballot and cast it for the Lib Dems tomorrow, even if you live mm. in fucking Ulster, like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. 
Damn, the, um, the electoral Gladwell. I'm really excited for the take that's like, well, whoever wins in this election, the real winner will be traffic light oh, manufacturers. He's, he's been getting considerably weirder than that. Right now he's just mm. on a sort of voodoo electability thing. It's wild. Oh, Damn. yeah. Well, I mean, look, the, what all those conversations about electability and fancy predictive models that are telling you something totally counterintuitive, like that three standard deviations between the two elections is normal or whatever, all mm. that's doing is the standard liberal thing of trying to substitute process for actual politics. It's we've got a chart, and the chart might not correspond to reality, but trust the chart and not reality. The chart is telling you that all those, all those things you think you want, you don't want them. You actually look want at the them. chart. The Lib Dem Soviet five-year plan. But this is why the tactical voting story is always the same. It's that the left needs to compromise towards the center if we want to stop the right. Stop being so political. Start being so technical. Oops, I scratched technical. Shit, it's just political under there anyway. Yeah. And I mean, look, here's the thing, right? If you live in a Lib Dem Tory marginal, I understand the argument that if Brexit is the only issue that matters to you, which I mean, good on you because you're probably fucking rich if that's the case, uh, then vote for the Lib Dems instead of the Tories. But the, the Lib Dems have already said they're not going to cooperate with Labour. So the idea that this is replicable across the entire country is demonstrably false because of the things the Lib Dems have said to effectively discourage people from giving them a chance. And it's weird to me because a party that's demanding a second chance after fucking it completely on their first chance. But there's a lot of people putting in a lot of effort to try to obscure, to like muddy the waters here. Like our whole news roundup thing at the beginning was a Corbyn government is terrifying, but also it's not going to happen. Uh, voting Lib Dem is something you absolutely have to do and it might work unless it doesn't work. Like, all of this is just to add to the confusion. If you want a Labour government, mm. vote Labour. It really is that simple. And if the Lib Dems want us to vote tactically and vote Lib Dem, compromise mm. with us. Yeah, bend the knee. Yeah. Oh, never heard that one. <laughs> so, uh, I also want to talk quickly about the uh, Best for Britain Lib Dem access of centrism, because who's behind Best for Britain? Well, mm, I'm Nine sure Smith. it's no one sinister. So, Naomi Smith, who I mentioned up earlier, did used to technically be a Lib Dem PPC for the cities of London and Westminster. Oh. This isn't... They, they must <laughs> if have you want to get technical... They yeah. forgot... I can't believe they forgot to put it in the Best for Britain's Our Team bio of her, which is weird, right? She must just mm. be very bashful. Yeah. Exactly. She doesn't yeah. want to... She doesn't want to be... She doesn't want to be she a top want, puppy. She doesn't want to intimidate yeah. people she doesn't like to with brag. her breadth of experience. Yeah, she was also a Girl Scout leader, but do you see her talking about that? No. <laughs> if you mention your politics, you might not get the seed money from, like, uh, SoftBank. Uh, well, exactly. No, not SoftBank, um, but we'll continue with that. Uh, but Turgid Bank. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately before joining Best for Britain, Naomi was executive director of campaigns, the business lobby group London First, uh, which is <laughs> a great choice of name. <laughs> yeah, you could just not name your thing after Britain First, yeah. right? Mm. Where she organized the group's campaign in the capital to stay in the EU at the 2016 EU referendum, and London voted overwhelmingly to remain. Wait, she's so taking credit entirely for due that. to her campaigning. Yeah, yeah. She <laughs> also that was in the balance, really. She she also mm. co-hosts the very popular Romaniacs podcast, the podcast where they're maniacal about Remain. Uh, <laughs> Let's get some MLG air horns in for the Romaniacs, please. Uh, it's just like, Britain is just like the most boring possible universe of the Epstein conspiracy, where like, it's all connected <laughs> in like, in such a mad way where like, yeah, they are all kind of working with each other and like, it's quite easy to go, but just like, the connections are all so banal. It's like if Dan Brown, instead of writing his books about fucking the Catholic church or whatever was just writing them about local government well, like, bureaucracy th this is why as a country we've produced freemasonry which absolutely is the idea of a like 
a shadow government conspiracy run by the most boring used car dealers and police inspectors in the world. Well, also, don't forget, we have one in Bristol, and they spend most of their time worshipping a dead guy's fingernails. Yeah. Merchant Venturers, look them up. So, Damn. then there's the chair of the organization, one Mark Malik Brown, or Baron Malik Brown, who's a sort of center-right luminary lately of the UN, World Bank, and so on and so on. In his earlier career, co-owned a comms shop called Sawyer Miller Group, and was just sort of a free-market liberal PR gun for hire. But the tr- thing is, he's a woke, never-Trump diplomat billionaire. <laughs> Here are some of his comments from Davos in 2018. Trump, the disruptor, might have been welcome because there has been no solution in the Middle East or North Korea for years. But Trump, the guy, just has no policy depth, the recklessness, the temper on him, and unpredictability. So he's making the world a more dangerous place. Oh, he's gauche. He's, he's a woke, never-Trump billionaire. <laughs> All I can think of, and this is really dumb, and this is just a callback to a thing that we don't need to derail with, is wouldn't it be awesome if you had a band called Hard Bank? <laughs> I mean, so, also, well, what did his comm shop thing do, by the way? Because that sounds um, like it's not weird at all. No, no. I mean, they helped uh, Gonzalo Sanchez de Lozada, the guy who implemented brutal shock therapy austerity in Bolivia, and who Bolivia is currently trying to extradite back to the U.S. for crimes against humanity. Oh, okay. I, that's, just, that's just one of several. So don't <laughs> worry, he's... He likes norms. One he of them is also Mario Vargas Llosa's, and at the Nobel yes. Prize winning author who uh, <laughs> has who would be like the most storied man in Peru, except apparently he's really into tax evasion. Uh, <laughs> he, he's so, like the South American neoliberal. It's great. What I find most fascinating about this guy, though, is that he looks at Donald Trump and he's like, no policy depth. That's your problem there. Like, you look at Donald Trump, like the big, fat, fancy boy president who, like, can't finish a sentence without eating a fucking pack of ketchup. And you're like, yeah, the main issue here is he hasn't really thought through the issues. Like, if he thought about the issues, his brain would dissolve. Like, he can't, like, he can't get through a single, like, letter to a foreign diplomat without putting in something about a hand job he received in a <laughs> swimming pool in 1986. Like, how do you how do you look at that man? And you're like, oh yeah, no policy depth. Like, what? Like, read one of his tweets. Just one. Pick any one, That's and I a, defy you to tell me what it means. A horrifying idea of wonk Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> people, um, people, these charts, these charts, this regression is just inadequate. People, uh, people, my baseline model shows that the, the base case here is a lot better than you think it's going to be, folks. Folks, this is worst case scenario. These people in the Labour Party, very bad data, very nasty <laughs> you just, data. You, you just put Donald Trump and Nate Silver in the machine from the fly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wouldn't look that different. Hmm. So, uh, we've also saved the liberal best for last, of course. Uh, this is from an article in the FT. Uh, Tony Blair says, save Britain by supporting moderate MPs. Tactical voting may be necessary to return politicians who don't spout populism. (sighs) How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? (laughs) We are witnessing. Okay, okay, boomer. We are witnessing, (laughs) he says, Mm -hmm. the infantilization of British politics. The December 12th general election has been called to resolve Brexit, but if that's the question, it should be asked in a second referendum. The only way to get that is to fucking vote Labour. government! Why is this so hard? Like, he literally in this stupid article comes out and says that Labour opposes a second referendum when literally their policy is a second referendum just with a deal they negotiate. Why is this so fucking challenging? Well, because the referendum should be between Remain and Remain. Exactly. (laughs) Remain and Remain too. Remain harder. Or what they they genuinely think is that, like, they want to run the referendum that happened in 2016 again. Mm-hmm. But they believe that, like, they've won the argument mm. about, like, well, actually, loads of people want to stay in the EU because EU Supergirl just, like, rocks and her tracks yeah. are dope as fuck. Yeah, we, we uh, haven't included the impact of EU Supergirl in our Lib Dem polling. Or the disco album. 
there was a Gary Land Young days. article in The Guardian not that long ago that I thought was really good in this regard that he pointed out that the problem that you're dealing with with the Tony Blairs and such is that it's not just Brexit. It's also 2017 and 2015 in the sense that, and 2016's leadership challenge in the sense that their ultimate inability to grasp reality stems from the fact that they refuse to acknowledge Jeremy Corbyn as legitimate. Mm. That he can't be legitimate. He can't legitimately be the labor leader. It can't be what people actually want. They must have been hypnotized by populism because to acknowledge that he's he represents the actual will of labor voters means that they're like you mm. should your actually your life can't get better. It has to suck. Like that that's no longer palatable. And so they're just going to keep going like all of the stop Brexit, Jeremy kind of shit. It just mm. plays to this same delusion that they they can't acknowledge that this might actually be the way that labor is going to go from here on out. Because yeah. if that's the case, then the, rest, you know, the Daily Show rally to restore sanity or whatever. But in real life, they've yeah. been fucking living in since 2015 is not going to succeed. They would have yeah. to admit that they were wrong. What if the election that we like that they lost that we know is driving them psychotic isn't the eu referendum but the owen smith leadership challenge and that was like the real breaking point for a certain kind of like blairite coffee but also remember that they tried to disenfranchise all the labor members who had joined because yeah. of jeremy corbyn's leadership campaign because to them the, the only valid way to win the only valid way uh is if people who want the thing they don't want aren't allowed to vote. Uh, they want, they wanted superdelegates so badly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, is that the hogs don't know what they want, right? The hogs, they think they want, you know, Jeremy Corbyn and, you know, like, to transformative politics or whatever, but that's not what they want. What they want is Jack Straw again. They want ID All cards. Need is Jack they, don't know, they don't know they want ID cards, but they fucking want ID we cards. We want a man who shakes hands with Robert Mugabe because it's dark. Yes. That's what we want. So, I, I mean, the, the thing with Blair specifically, too, is did you see this story that got uh, briefed a while back about how... I think it might have been Milne, but definitely some like Labour staffer impishly suggested to the Times that a Corbyn government might start declassifying things. Mm. I think that oh, might yeah. be Ooh. like Ooh. a personal conflict of interest for Tony Blair in terms of not wanting to end up in the <laughs> fucking Hague. Mm. Well, he Connects says back to the Epstein stuff again. Yeah, so. <laughs> back to the Epstein stuff, or just a piece of paper somewhere in the archives that reads like much like the Stop Brexit button. He literally did just do an illegally evade Iraq button. Guys, like, you need to stop doing this. We're running out of red string. Yeah. <laughs> so, he says, the spine of British politics has always been a solid center. The spine. That's not what how a, a spine metaphor. works. Yeah. Mm. It's a terrible mm. metaphor. A it is fractured. core of spine. It has fractured, and repairing and healing it will take time. That's not what but a spine what fractured does. It, if, Tony? It, if a spine fractures, you're kind of a para or quadriplegic, right? Like, But the other question is, what fractured it? Because it's not like... It's not like a bunch of brilliantly charismatic leaders just appeared in sort of 2015 and 16 mm. and convinced the public to abandon common sense and throw themselves into the street with like wild ferocity. Like Jeremy Corbyn's a lovely allotment tending old man from North London. He's not like a populist demagogue who's whipping the people up into a frenzy. Mm. The spine of British politics fractured because it sucked. Also, <laughs> let's bear in mind that these things that represent sea changes in British politics were just parties wielding power. Mm. Like it was, you're not it wasn't supposed as... to do. You're supposed to sort this out with a negotiated handover of power in a restaurant in Islington called Granita, and that's it. 
I mean, think about think about both 1945 and 1979. I mean, 1945 was a shock victory, and they parlayed that into creating the National Health Service, among other things. 1979 was not predicted to be a win for the conservatives. What wound up happening was, in 1978, the, the, the Labor Party decided to delay what had proposed to be an autumn election, and then there was a huge fucking winter of industrial action, and then they wound up losing to, to, to Thatcher, not by a great margin. And Thatcher was just like, oh, I have power now? I'm going to fuck everything because I can. Like it's it's legitimately is wielding power, and the thing about about Blair is that they can't conceive of whether of having a labor party that actually delivers what labor voters want, because they've decided that the only policy they can comprehend is uh, actually you can't have the things that you want, and you need to accept that. But the conservatives can have whatever they want uh, because the natural order of things is conservatives, and we just we just got to hope that the hall monitor gives us our turn. Oh, uh, actually, no. Tony Blair does believe in using power, just not here. Well, no, I mean, he, he believes in using it on Middle Eastern countries. Yes. So he goes on. Labor, having failed to back another referendum initially, claims uh, to be fighting this election to have one afterwards, claiming it to, can negotiate a better deal with the EU, which it will then put to the people. Because the only way to do that is with a Labor government. They can't. They can't. And, and, and then yeah, it literally, says, even Theresa May negotiated a better deal with the EU than fucking Boris Johnson did. It's not fucking difficult. You just have to not be insane. Like literally, the like, oh my god, the fucking Tories with the whole thing about like, oh, it's so hard getting the EU to agree to anything. Yeah, because everything you want is fucking mental. Like literally, like they're just like, well, what if we made Northern Ireland imaginary? What if Northern Ireland was more of a vibe actually? Why, like, oh, I don't know. What I don't know the Tories. What if, what if you just went in there with a negotiating position that was like even what the Leave campaign campaigned on, like stay in the single market, and then all of these problems would literally disappear. Yeah, but Tony Blair Last says one for the bingo cards, guys. Tony, Tony Blair says that Jeremy Corbyn's being mean. <laughs> just yeah, I've heard diagnosing that. Milo with Romania. Specifically, um, <laughs> he says, Mr. Corbyn's campaign launch speech attacking, quote, dodgy landlords, billionaires, and a corrupt system is textbook populism. And hold on to something, everybody. It is no more acceptable in the mouth of someone who calls themselves left wing than in the mouth of Donald Trump's right. <sighs> yes, I also like comparing two completely yeah. different things and saying Donald that Trump hates hate billionaires. But then he hates Jeff Bezos because yeah. Jeff Bezos is mean to him in the pages of the Washington Post. But the thing I was point about John, Donald Trump is that Donald Trump, to Milo's point about vibes, is he basically campaigned on vibes and then just did like Reaganism times a thousand and just doing bullshit tax cuts and kind of faking your way through everything else, mm. like. Jeremy Corbyn doesn't represent. I'll give you vibes, and then there's an underhanded sort of like, you know, controlling element of like business power, the way that fucking Donald Trump does. Everything that Jeremy Corbyn is proposing is popular. Like yeah. people yeah. want it. That's what makes it, it scarier. But it's also it's mm. it's also like Blair is basically saying that you can't actually have positions on anything. Because the whole idea of like, you know, on the basis of like what left wing or like what progressive government should be. It is one where, like, you kind of tax the rich, who tax mm. like the richest in society to like fund very basic things like hospitals and roads and stuff like that. Like that mm. is the fundamental nature of like That's progressive terrifying. politics. And so, in this kind of thing, he's basically saying, but no, actually, wanting this stuff that is at the core of left wing politics is populism, and we shouldn't support mm. it. Well, so it's kind of is- like, well, okay, so what should like? What should well, we be like even going, advocating? Going one right? step beyond that, right? Like that's the sort of just basic social democracy with Corbyn talking about wanting to like chain 
fundamentally alter power relationships between like landlords and the people landlords exploit what corbin's admitting is that there is an irreconcilable conflict in society between landlords and tenants and that corbin's government is going to resolve this conflict by coming down on the side of the tenants whereas blair would blair believes the only effective form of, of politics is to deny that these conflicts exist and ignore them allowing the people with proper po- property and power to win literally every single time yeah, yeah. Well, well, this said for about 20 years and then it doesn't and now this happens well as mark said there is a specter haunting europe the specter of policies which if anything are considered quite banal in most of northern europe i mean this is the thing about corbyn right is that constantly we get told that we're not willing to compromise uh you know we're being unreasonable we're being demagogues we're being populist Uh, i think for quite a lot of people jeremy corbyn is i quite safely on the sort of the right wing of their policies and i'm i'm compromising with him because i think he's like an electable figure who can bring genuine social democratic change but i don't ha- i don't particularly like all of his policies i i find them insufficiently um like anti-capitalist i suppose and i also would say that, there, that there's a, a certain I mean, the the idea of labor as this lockstep in unison party when there's so much discord. And to be frank, Jeremy Corbyn and his leadership team have not cracked down on no. the records as of, much as they of could Of course have. not. I mean, if, like, he, if he was this Stalin-like figure who just expelled all of his critics, the Labour Party would not have been through several years of just circular briefing, the continued existence of Tom Watson as someone I have to be aware of, and so on and so on and so on. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll take you to what Blair says next. And again, you might want to hold back onto something for this because he delivers a, a one-two punch. I can take you to countries whose systems are corrupt. I know ours isn't. Yeah, but I've worked for a lot of the ones who's, uh, who yeah. are. I was going to say, they pay my yeah. speaking fees. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's what colossal lack of self-awareness do you have to be to be Tony Blair and write that sentence? I can mm. take you to countries whose systems are corrupt. Come with me on this plane. The only truly centrist place is international waters, baby (laughs) Government is about the hard challenge of analysis, policy development, and and delivery No, it's not No, it's not No, it's fucking not It's it's, it's literally, it's If that is what government is to you Then it is irresponsible for you to be let anywhere near the halls of elected office Perhaps what you were thinking of was policy delivery It sounds like what you should be as a civil servant Hmm but there's a difference between the poli- between the politics and the civil service. Otherwise, you just want to have an unelected technocracy. Yeah, why not? Well, because he wants to live in fucking Singapore. That's why. I mean, I I'm not I'm not trying to go too crazy and like lose my mind here. But it's just Tony Blair. Things are working out great for him. Mm-hmm. He's rich as hell, and he's not in the Hague. Yeah. So for him, what everything he's done up until this point is clearly the winning strategy. And it's like, yeah, but. This country has seen the worst wage growth next to Greece, which the EU literally made suffer a Great Depression. Like people's purchases with adjusted for purchasing parity power and inflation, people earn on average less now in the UK than they did pre-crisis. So clearly, it's not working out for everyone who isn't getting speaking fees from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, like wherever the fuck else he fucking takes speaking fees from. He's mostly a Central Asian guy, I think. Yeah, Brunei mostly, right? Yeah. Although he says politics actually requires an understanding of how the world is changing and complex legacy systems can be adapted to technological change. So politics is about upgrading Windows to from XP to Windows 10. Have you tried turning like, the politics off and then turning it back on again? 
Or it's more mm. like the world is complex and so what we need to do is transition from app-based systems to wearable-based systems. Mm. Yeah. Have it's you tried putting your government in the cloud? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Tony, Bla- Tony Blair says, ah, all this, all this politics, I don't like it. Corbyn, he's exactly the same as Trump because Trump talks about enemies and Corbyn talks about enemies. It's the mm. same thing. Anyway, wear Fitbits. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, please, uh, just try a wearable on the blockchain. I mean, anything I, anything I, to avoid going back to politics. All of these back- Googles with the flashing lights. But on that note, I'd like to perform a gear shift and um, begin venturing through the more Tory um, attempts at either rat fucking or deeply skewing this election to again. I thought they were into pig fucking. This is a new one. (laughs) Try to make you believe that what you want isn't what you want and it's not something you should go for. In this case, they're trying to scare the pollsters into by inventing a new kind of demographic. I'm going to read from uh, Onward that report that we talked about them in the premium episode of James Meadway. Onward, this sort of Theresa May style one nation think tank, has written a report about a certain new important demographic of voter. Uh, Men plus. The bu- guys who are more vapors. Buzz in. <laughs> They've invented a new man. <laughs> buzz in when you've identified what type of person this is. The Workington Man is the new voter archetype and the key swing br- voter uh, in Britain buzz, today. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Is what? it what we would commonly, like in the English vernacular, call a twat? <laughs> uh, we'll see. It's a guy who wears a yellow vest even though he doesn't need to wear one. Uh, Hussein does have it, but you don't know why yet. This voter mm. is likely to be over 45, white, and does not have a degree, and has lived in his hometown for over 10 years. It's the small business tyrant, the the, the Trump base, <laughs> the guy who owns a jet ski dealership. No, it's, it's the a, British version of Richard Scarry's busy town where everyone is racist. No, he might not own that. Uh, he might not own a jet ski dealership. He voted to leave the EU in 2016 and thinks the country is moving away from his views both economically and culturally. I've never heard of this before. Are you saying that there's some kind of, what could we call it, white working class that's naturally socially conservative that progressive parties need to accommodate if they want to take any kind of power? My, my head, my hair retracts and a huge flat cap appears. <laughs> Paul Embry has been hiding among you all this time. You, you've it's, got to have a fire and a belly. <laughs> yeah. The typical Workington man favors security over freedom across both social and economic axes, but is more interested in security on social issues. He wants government to prioritize apprenticeships rather than cut the cost of student loans. And he no. listens to Hoobastank. <laughs> <laughs> and thinks that government should promote a shared sense of national identity over a diversity of identities. Right. So, so this is basically oh. like my so racism it- sock puppet is basically what this is. This is basically just like Everyone I grew up with in Dartford. Mm. Yeah. Like, they're, they're a demographic now. I also don't think that this person really, like, exists in the way that Onward thinks they exist, right? Because, mm. like, I'm starting to think about this now. And number one, these are not kind of... When you said, for example, that these are people who like economic and social freedom, but they no, want... They, more... they like security over freedom. Right. They like security over freedom, um, which to me just reads like, okay, so you just want to, like, arrest more brown and black people but also have a welfare state right why does my wife keep asking for an open relationship i value security <laughs> over freedom it's like i'm scared that my wife keeps like googling polyamory <laughs> <laughs> um, no it's spelled paul embry <laughs> <laughs> the dyslexic guy <laughs> who keeps getting messages about paul embry <laughs> um so Workington man is more likely to think Paul that- Paul Embry goes trans as polyamory. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that got me. 
<laughs> Workington man is more likely to think that crime is a major issue facing the country and twice as likely to see it than the rest of the population to think that immigration is a major issue. He is particularly skeptical about the benefits of globalization and thinks we have a special responsibility to protect local institutions such as pubs and post offices from closure. Why the fuck is this Workington man? And what's special about Workington? Why isn't this Daily Mail comment section now? These are imagined people yeah. from the Daily Mail comment section because I just genuinely don't mm. think that like... I understand what they're trying to get at, but this is also like, you know, whenever you, whenever there's like a uh, election debate or whenever mm. kind of someone goes on question time and they kind of posture this idea of what this person is and they kind of use all these like talking points and really what it comes down to is like, okay, what you want is like a welfare state for white people. You want more black and brown people in jail and mm. you want like a militarized police force around the border. Yeah, well, yeah. you know who this guy is. This is the guy who I saw replying to a tweet with a picture of a halal easter egg saying mm. that you could shove your halal stuff up your ass and he had centered ass with an asterisk and then just said in all caps easter 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 <laughs> Damn, <laughs> G-Wagon, 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 G-Wagon. <laughs> the real well, housewives well, call it up and they're all a, Googling Paul Embry exactly. for some reason. It's just an insane list of like requirements. Like These people care passionately about like putting all the brown people in jail, but also keeping pubs open and the post office. Yeah. Like, oh, this is a, I, as a, I as a salt of the earth working class man in my flat cap, I spend most <laughs> of my day actually posting pints of London pride to mosques up and down just, the country to make bizarre, them no longer halal. Just all bizarre my, set my, of priorities to be like, well, I respect all of the troops except the Navy for some like bizarre... I'm reminded of a thing about veterans in the US where there was this this post that got shared which was like, veterans believe in America. They're tired of being told we're second best. We want, we believe in a strong economy, strong defense. We believe in respecting the flag. We don't want to press one for English and two for Spanish. And it's just like, no, I think that's just you. Yeah. I think it's just <laughs> you yeah. and you've decided that... Yeah. Everyone else cares about this. That, that, uh, this is a Taco the, Bell. That's the <laughs> highest level of veterans where you get a t shirt that's just describing yourself only. <laughs> yeah. So he the, the report goes on. Workington is emblematic of these trends, having only elected a conservative MP once in 1976 in a by-election, but voted to leave the EU in 2016, where Labour currently has a majority of just 4,000. And the Lib Dems are predicted to win <laughs> by, a poll, <laughs> by a poll conducted by Swo Jinson. But that's the thing. This is just this is the same usual David Goodhart shit. Where like some of the por- the polling they use to construct this portrait includes like two thirds of respondents here believe that communities have become more divided and segregated, and the same proportion of people believe fewer people are getting married because of a decline in family values. All they're like all they're really doing is measuring how many people read the right wing press. These these are these are that's just what they're doing. It's just mm. you you feed people the same line that like the cities are horrifying and universities turning young people into snowflakes and immigrants are coming to take your jobs, public service in life or whatever and then you just ask them to summarize what it is that they've read it's not particularly insightful but also it's yeah. like it's it's not like these these areas are about to start voting tory i don't think there's anything the tories could really do to get them get them to join on and nice. it's the same research that's been carried out since the media started trying to explain trump and brexit in 2016 yeah but th- th- this the, is the real exactly britain the same. it's the real it, britain I mean, it's what defined yeah. Theresa May's premiership in her election campaign in 2017 with all her burning injustices and stuff. But also it's like the the, the bulk of the conservative party's constituencies are rich places in the South. Yeah. yeah. Like 
that's the thing like this idea that this is always harkens to this this notion that we you know that Britain is this reactionary socially conservative country and it's the flat cap guys in the pub who want more racism and it's it like never I'm sure is. you can no. you can find some people who agree with this but the idea that this is emblematic of this is what the, the the true sort of aggregate wants and also that like that these people all share these values that, that all these weird nitpick things that you've thrown together that you believe in are also shared by people that you think have some kind of working class appeal that you lack. Yeah. It's, it's, not, is, it's like, not a coalition. Like, electorally, at least, the Conservative Party's base is, uh, like, retired people in hosepipe ban upon pedophilia. Like, the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's well, not going down the fucking working men's club to complain about the immigrants. Also, I would just point this out too that these people are like just like the whole thing with the the really glib thing where they're trying to like echo Thatcher by using the expression frit. This just seems like another thing where they're like, oh, that guy coined the term Essex man. I'm going to do the exact same thing. It's Workington man now. But it's like, I just don't think that's indicative of anything besides a person's deadline writing for mm. their shitty newspaper they write for. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, like, I'm sure you about... can find a handful of these guys. I'm oh. sure we will. But Alice, mm. I'm, I'm about to tell you about a handful yeah. of these guys, as a matter of fact. Oh, can I say one more thing about this? It's like basically saying this thing, well, like, no one's no one's catering to these to these concerns that these people have. And they list a bunch of concerns which like anyone who knows anything about these issues knows are just like fake concerns. And like even if people have those concerns, that doesn't make them real concerns. Like, yeah, like crime. Crime. But like crime is like not risen. Like crime has gone down over the last fifty yeah. years. Or, like or, is this or, or like- something like immigration, where it's been nothing but twenty years of catering yeah. to it. All the type, of, all the type of crime that they actually like. What they're talking about is like we would rather arrest like more black, you know, black kids in a council yeah. estate, but. Please, can you ignore like where the they fact don't that, live? Right, but please, please, can you ignore like the fact that I'm kind of paying cash in hand to yeah. like on you know you know under yeah. the market or what is speeding, speeding, like, speeding back from the pub? Right? But also, I want the police in Tottenham to have tasers. Yeah, and also it's like there's two things that have been shown to correlate with crime, and it's poverty and leaded petrol. And like, okay, we've gotten rid of the second one, but the Tories have no interest in getting rid of the first one. So, like, what the fuck are they going to do about it? Uh, well. Uh, I can I can provide you a little bit of a portrait of the Workington man, and this is from the Times, General Election 2019. Jeremy Corbyn's labor isn't working for Workington man. Oh, oh fuck off. That's the fucking Satchy thing from 1979. Yes, so, labor is working. Any original ideas? Like, is did you just really just put on now? That's what I call fucking Tory. It's Tory advertising slogans from 1979 every year. Well, if you want someone for a neighbor, and we're not going to say who. <laughs> so. Uh, John Stratton, a builder, canvassed views from among a crowd of about 30 in a pub in Workington. Oh, Jesus. A real fucking statistical sample there. Yeah, it's because <laughs> also it's not as though pubs tend to attract people who go to them who believe maybe a lot of the same things and have a lot of things in common. Mm. You yeah, know? It's weird that a lot of people at the pub were really concerned about pubs. Yeah. Pretty interesting. <laughs> what an interesting correlation we found there. He yelled, Paul, would you vote for Jeremy Corbyn? Across the bar, Paul McNichols called back, no way. And Mr. Stratton shouted again, Brian, would you vote for that Corbyn? No. And you lads, four young men not long out of college, nervously shook their heads. Well, I'm shocked the dudes down the pub at three o'clock in the afternoon don't want to vote for Jeremy Corbyn. And, and, and you're being screamed at by a builder. Like, yeah, of course, whatever you say. It's not going to be, it's not like, uh, you're going to vote for Jeremy Corbyn because I am. <laughs> and if you're not, I'll fight you. That's not the. Yeah. This group, it goes on, appears to prove the theory 
theory that no, Workington will turn against Labour. No, it doesn't. It doesn't prove uh. anything. Four guys being berated by Al Murray, the pub landlord, doesn't prove a fucking thing. I'm also enjoying extremely minor Sopranos associate Paulie McNichols. <laughs> <laughs> also, we, it? we will come back to Paul McNichols. Mr. Stratton opposes further immigration, saying he'd be voting out in another referendum. Quote, all that money that used to go to the EU, like Boris Johnson promised, that's going for, to the hospitals. As for Sellafield Nuclear Plant, the biggest local employer, Corbyn will close it down. He'll stop the defense contracts, the Trident submarines, and the warships. Oh, he'll cl- we'll all he'll be close down the fucking nuclear missile pit and bust yeah, the nuclear like every- missile mine workers union. I don't think Jeremy Corbyn is under the Labour Party under Corbyn is opposed to nuclear energy. It's just... He's, no. He personally is opposed to Trident. Or even said, Trident. There's he said nothing he in that would policy implement yet. party policy on Trident. Like, it's, it's been a broken town ever since they closed down the mine where we dug all of these naturally occurring nuclear weapons out of the earth. I know. Also, imagine like living in Cumbria and being obsessed with immigration. No one immigrates to Cumbria. It's a rainy hillside. There are no jobs in Cumbria. Like, he himself is complaining there's no jobs in Cumbria. What fucking Romanian is like, I will move to Cumbria where it is rainy and there is no job and everyone in the pub is really angry. Like, that, that's, that, that guy doesn't exist. <laughs> Back in the working men's club, Mr. McNichols, a 51-year-old enforcement officer. Oh, what? Stro- what law? Sa- safety? <laughs> immigration? Like, Stro- a bailiff? Planning. Damn, I for what am shocked that Labour is not polling well in the cop bar. Jesus not even fuck. a cop. Not e- just an enforcement cop, a officer. Of wannabe cop. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe enforces parole. Uh, maybe he just enforces. He just enforces. <laughs> yeah. Just in he enforces the five second rule. Damn. <laughs> a lot of bad news for Labour in the Paul Blart arms tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so they asked a bunch of cops and people who are huge fans of Trident if they'd like to see a Corbyn government. And more importantly, they went into one pub where everyone's already friends and they're surprised that they're not all crazy about him. Mm. But even then, like, there is a local like Labour MP representing them. Why didn't they vote this way in 2017? Mm. What changed? There was a joke about this in The Onion years ago where there was they're interviewing a like they're like the, the the 10 worst curtain arrangements in america and it was like by a woman in teterboro new jersey and it was just all a bunch of random names of people in teterboro new jersey <laughs> who are her neighbors it's just like yes funny how if you go into a place and you know exactly what you're gonna get you find what you're gonna get mm. i mean and, and quite frankly like it's just why is this supposed to be indicative of anything besides the pub that afternoon? Yeah, and, how, and do, how do you, you, how think, do you extrapolate from this? Do you think it would have been at all representative to ask them if they would vote for their Labour MP again rather oh, no, than Jeremy are, Corbyn? I, I, um, I, I, I edited this article down. Uh, they said that they don't particularly like Sue Heyman, their local MP, who, by the way, is a very good MP. Hmm. But that's beside the point. Where it's like, but did these people not vote in 2017? Like. There was an election since the referendum, and Workington returned a Labour MP. What changed? Other mm. than Onward basically rewrote Hillbilly Elegy with some more stats I mean, in it. because you think about this, that, like, all imagine how many of those, the where you can submit petitions to Parliament, and if it gets above a certain point, they have to, like, respond. How many of them are just, like, you know, it, it, some imaginary bullshit about some grooming gang that doesn't exist? Like... You know what I'm talking about? Like, like just because a thing amasses a certain amount of, of people who believe it doesn't necessarily mean that it's worth responding to. And it certainly doesn't mean that it's real. And yeah. that's the thing that gets me about this. It's just like, w- once again, they've decided that, that no matter what the larger, you know, we call macro trends are in the country, what matters is a bunch of dudes in Cumbria in the pub at whatever time of day this guy went to, who under pressure from the guy behind the bar said, uh, no, maybe I won't vote for Jeremy Corbyn. Please don't yell at me, boss man. Like... <clears throat> 
I just don't. I'm going to vote for Joe Swinson. <laughs> also, like, uh, just the lone, also, like, quiet green. Only Joe Swinson can win here. Here's, here's also like one thing that I'm because I I've been sent when I when I like work like for newspapers and stuff. I've been sent out to pubs to do stories, and the one thing that I kind of always knew was that there are people who like are taking the piss out of me, right? Like even if they're kind of sincere with you, like to a degree, to a degree, there's kind of always this, you know, we're conscious that a newspaper reporter is here. So let's kind of like play it up a little bit. So it's probably like worth kind of mentioning if like we haven't guessed already, that this is not, well, my yeah. penis is eight inches long and I'll never vote for Jeremy <laughs> we, Corbyn. You do have to print yeah. everything we say. Right? <laughs> As so, fact. It's like Paul, like Paul, what, what was his name? Like Paul McSomething, like who is, who is jacked by the way, <laughs> says, <laughs> says that he would never vote for Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. Uh, as he rubs his eight pack. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. But also like, that's the thing. Like, just like the doom and gloom predicted by Lib Dem imaginary numbers or Tony Blair's appeals to the spine of British politics or whatever, none of these are reasonable predictions of doom and gloom. They're designed to make you feel less confident in what yes. you want. Muddy the waters every single time. It's designed to basically say that if Labour has a chance of winning in December, they have to become more racist. Um, but not only do we know this isn't true, we also know that Boris Johnson's, like, decision to roll back certain elements of austerity to again make people's lives just bearable enough that society doesn't fall apart any yeah. further. To, to put like, this football down in front of me and tell me to take a good long run up to yeah. kick at it. We know most of the media probably won't challenge him on this either, either because they're corrupt sycophants or they just they just don't want to. So ultimately, it's up to you when you're confronted with this horse shit just to make sure that you're shielded from it and just be contemptuous of it. Treat your contempt like your armor. Mm. Point being here, like the way that labor wins is with popular policies in the manifesto and ground game. And yeah, that's it. I mean, really, that's it. Yeah. The rest of this stuff is just ninety percent of elections end on the ground. You got to bring them to the mat and keep them there. Well, Farage just- certainly did that last time. <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, I actually didn't get that. Yeah, I didn't get oh, that. That either. was for Nigel Farage's plane crash. Oh, was yeah, that the reference? Wasn't a plane crash once. <laughs> yes. Right. So whoops. Just slow here's the burn. thing. Mm. The, the labor alternative Which also is would this. have happened if he hadn't gone out of the- <laughs> so, <laughs> so the labor alternative is in this, right? Like you can see our episode with uh, Grace Blakely in John McDonald's Navy, where we spoke about some of the like big transformative policies that labor is going to implement. But even with something as simple as hospital car park charges right now, right? To visit a sick relative costs you money. Why should it have to? And it shouldn't have to. Ah, well, you see, there's a bunch of dudes in the replies as soon as they announced that saying, but literally, uh, I I will find a reason why this is unacceptable by the end of this sentence, and then going <laughs> yeah. off into something like, "Oh, it's not very green, it's not very green, is it, Mister Corbyn?" Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, right? There are people out there who are either keen to baffle you or confuse you, or keen to demonstrate to you how sensible and wise and above it all they are by explaining at length why the th- why the thing that's better for you is not something you should demand, even when it comes to car parking at, at a hospital, right? Yeah, well, which one all of, them, of those one fucking of pub Tories would love. They would what? love fucking free car parking. They definitely they hate paying for parking. One those of people. them, one 100%. of those guys, said that it would incentivize people to go to hospital. Yeah. Oh, what are they going to do next? Free parking at the mosque? No, thanks. <laughs> actually, just getting actually... sick just to take advantage of the free parking. Mm. This actually reminds me of something, right? Where um, 
my girlfriend was out door knocking uh, for Labour uh, a few eight days ago, and she knocked on someone's door who said that they wouldn't vote for Labour because Labour had been cutting their disability benefit for the last eight years. Right? Like, th- we are dealing with that... In- we haven't been in power, but we're dealing with that level of misinformation where... I read a poll from Joe Swinson that said <laughs> Labour have been cutting my disability benefit. Where the, the accepted wisdom is that Labour is bad and dangerous and will be bad for the country and make us poorer because people just keep repeating it. So it's your responsibility to treat people who say this to you condescendingly with the contempt that they deserve. Riley, uh, I don't always agree with everything you say, but years ago you described British conservatives to me as people lecturing you while not realizing that the butt flap of their old-timey pajamas is open, uh, and or people lecturing you while reading from a book that they don't realize they're reading upside down. Uh, And it really is true. And I really feel like that now that we have a slightly bigger audience, a transatlantic audience, we should say that again. These people are dumber than shit. Yeah. Everything they say is just like what showed up in like their boomer email dispatches this morning, and it means nothing. Um, so I'll, I'll leave us uh, with this thought from John McDonnell, and this is from the cover of the volume of essays he edited, Economics for the Many. And it's a quote that really sticks with me. We are seeking nothing less than to build a society that is radically fairer, more democratic, and more sustainable, in which the wealth of society is shared by all. And so, this is back to me now, if someone tells you that that's a bad idea, you can just not listen to them. Like, it's fine to just not listen to them. Hmm. Or ask them why. <laughs> or, or, really or, simply like, say, no, or simply is say, bad. okay, boomer. Mm. Um, it's the fairness joker, guys. So here's the thing. <laughs> what can you, the listener, do? Because I'm pretty sure that most of the people listening to this are probably going to vote Labour if they're a member of the British electorate. Mm. Um, and the thing to remember is that the other and parties... And even if they're not, if you're listening in Russia, as we know <laughs> most of our listeners and funders are... <laughs> so, the other parties have all the money, right? But we have tons and tons of people, and that includes you, the listener. So, Momentum has these really helpful tools, uh, Plan to Win and My Campaign Map. And what you should do is... We'll link these in the description. Just go on to them, sign up to door knock, sign up to campaign. Yeah, because and they're, they're when- distinct from the Lib Dem app because it doesn't tell you to vote Labour because you're already going to do that. It tells you how to campaign more effectively. And the thing to remember, right, is that most parties, ca- door knocking campaigning organizations are so small that all they can do is try to build turnout in their base. But ours is big enough, and it's only big enough if everyone signs up and everyone does it. That we can actually have meaningful conversations on the doorstep and that we can act. That's how we flipped Canterbury. That's how we flipped Kensington. We didn't flip it because of some strange forces that a pollster predicted with, um, no. with or, some or, math. Or Canterbury mm. man or whatever. Yeah. Weird Lib Dem necromancy. And I mean, just, just as a final note, if like me, you're kind of out on the left wing of this and you're quite cynical and disillusioned about electoralism, I would say to suspend that uh, cynicism for precisely one election cycle, this one, because it matters. And you know the old anarchist slogan about how if voting changed anything, they would make it illegal? This is about as close as you can get in terms of an attempt to depress turnout, right? So... Just just vote and campaign, please. And just and just think of how sweet it's going to be to be in like Tim Farron's replies the yes. day that Corbin walks into Downing Street. Just just think about that. Let that be your energy and let your and let your contempt be your armor. Mm. Friday and, and the thirteenth be yeah. the day of posting. 
and, and, and remember the um, uh, the the uh, story from up front about the super rich leaving the country and remind them of it when he's elected and they don't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. I think that's about it for us. But um, vote Labour. Yeah. Do, yeah, do that. Yeah, just do that. So register to vote, too. We'll put a link for that in the description, too. We're going to put everything. Because if, like in. me and basically everybody who listens to this show and you live in Britain, you're constantly moving because you don't have a fucking fixed address, make sure you're registration is up to date yeah, yeah. The landlords are good actually and Jeremy Corbyn should say yeah. that about them <laughs> and if you're a student you can register to vote and you can vote in either your home constituency or your uni constituency just one though yeah. don't yeah. pick the one that's more marginal yeah. yes that's, do that yeah. that's legal that's tactical voting that's the only kind of tactical voting you should consider doing yeah all right. Often um, your home one will be more marginal. So uh, let's see. I think other than just reminding you that we've got a Patreon, uh, subscribe to it, five bucks a month, uh, that we are going to do a live show on December the 5th. That's not completely confirmed, but it's likely. So okay. eyes peeled for yep. that. And on, the, and, on the, yeah, and on the 12th, we're going to do some kind of election live stream. Yes, absolutely. We're going to do some stuff. But yeah, in the we're going to be playing Fortnite and talking about the election. So <laughs> In the meantime, just... All you can do is do literally everything you can to make sure we have a Labour government coming into power for 2020, because my fucking God, it's important. Yeah, and also, how rare this is. Also, and I don't know about this just yet, but I'm going to be away for the election. Um, so if you live in like Southeast London and can vote for me, actually, can they do that? I've never you, done you, you can actually proxy, get a yeah. proxy yeah. vote, yeah. 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 You um, can get your parents to do it. Or yeah. Like. So, uh, Trash Future Listener Competition. Who wants to be Hussein's <laughs> proxy vote? Hussein's um, parents. Yeah. Just with, Why just is this one this person in Bexley voting for Sinn Fein? <laughs> 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 All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.